Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is In It to Win It. <laughs> this is not going to be what you think it is, unless God told you in advance of me typing it out. As you may already know, my message titles usually come to me before the body of the message. Once I get the title, the message is downloaded, sometimes in the very current clicking of the keyboard keystrokes. Strange, but my ways are not God's ways, although I try as much as spiritually possible. So Randy, who is on American Idol as one of the judges, is believed to have coined this phrase. But my thought is that there is nothing new under the sun, and although it may have been the first time that we have heard something, it doesn't make it new. It only makes it new to us. Well, speaking about new, I was up, and at about 1.30 this morning, I asked for the next message so that I would have a bunch to take with me on my trip to San Diego to visit and to work with one of my board members on content delivery. Before I got the revelation when I went down there, I was very unclear about how I should move forward with this ministry, given some of my documents are over 80 pages in length. I would love to sit on a couch and be interviewed by special guests who ask me the spiritual questions of the day. Of course, they would be given the question to ask, but would not entirely be held to just those questions. After all, we must leave room for God to work. At least we become another modern-day church. The problem with this format is that I can speak to so many things that I would add subtlety to the manifestations of the rabbit hole concept. Other options could be that I read from a teleprompter, but that could get boring. In fact, I'm kind of doing that now. I'm just reading from my laptop. Hopefully, I'm not boring. Right now we are looking at video presentations whereby we could shoot, edit, and release. That is to post on my YouTube channel. Books and workbooks may also be produced, depending on whether or not God will call me to take on such endeavors. But for now, my lane is content. God has got me this far and will no doubt take me into the unknown future of His will and timing. So, but what does the title, In It to Win It, have to do with Christianity? Well, I'm glad you asked. Now that I know I told you that oftentimes I get the title, then the message, but as I was riding home from work with a massive hip pain, I caught myself asking God why. Now I prayed before for others as well as myself, and I've received his very healing touch. In fact, in very miraculous ways. But so should I now boast in what he does through me? Nope. He wills to do it through any one of us. So I am simply doing what he wills. Look. Luke 17, 7, 10. And which of you, having a servant, plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come in from the field, Come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, Prepare something for my supper, and gird yourself and serve me till I have eaten and drunk, and afterwards you will eat and drink? Does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I think not. So likewise you, When you have done all those things which you are commanded, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done what was our duty to do. Oh, how we think sometimes we should all receive an Academy Award for our spiritual performance. Shall you toss it at his feet when you see him? Not without getting it kicked back at you, for he will expect a crown, not an award. So back to the question. I caught myself asking God why I was still in pain. In fact, why the injury had happened at all? And why have I had this pain for well over a year? 
which only increased as I was working on my 1997 Honda Valkyrie the night before. I became so angry that I could not do what I thought should take about 30 minutes before the sun had set and made work in the shop with no electricity impossible. And given that this was my only transportation to work at the time, only added to the level of frustration that exposed stuff in me that I hoped died long ago. I'm not sure if you can drive a screwdriver into a cron cut I'm not sure if you can drive a screwdriver into a concrete floor, but I was so mad I thought it possible if just for a moment. Have you ever had this overlapping thing whereby you are allowing your emotions to get the best of you and at the same time, hence overlapping, you know that what you are currently doing is just unacceptable? All at the same time? What a mess. I went into the house and went to bed embarrassed and ashamed that I could behave in such a manner in front of my God. But so in a flash driveway, it occurred to me, well, I think God showed me something in a flash, and that is that it only makes sense to be in need of something in order to access the solution. So check it out. I went to Paul's journey to Rome while he was on a ship destined to be destroyed. And what makes the story more interesting is that Paul knew in advance that this would happen, even trying to prevent the great loss. But God had other plans, you see. If Paul wasn't on that ship, all would have been lost, including human lives aboard the ship. So Paul was in it to win it because, and not that he had a choice in the matter, he was able to lead the ship's crew through a life-threatening situation without the loss of life. So he had to be in the middle of trouble in order to be positioned to be used by God. I'll say it again. He had to be in the midst of trouble, right in the very middle of it, to be in the will of God for him at that moment. Okay, he had a discussion with an angel. Acts chapter 27, 28, 1 through 13. A story is worth looking into because you will see God moving in the dangers for specific and calculated reasons. Now, I suppose Paul could have asked God why, but he didn't because, and it's just my belief, that why had been removed from his vocabulary while on the road to Damascus. So we could look at other such events whereby danger was lurking only to provide an opportunity for God to work. Now, in some cases, it required faith or belief. And at other times, God just wanted to show off. In the case of Lazarus, he allowed him to go to sleep. Then Jesus showed up. Why? John 11, verse 4 states, When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So what did he just say? Not unto death. And as we know, he states in verse 11, that Lazarus was sleeping, not dead. But because Jesus was dealing with hard-headed knuckleheads, of which we are all, at one time or another, he stated in verse 14 that he was dead. I believe he stated this because it was a language that he knew they could understand. They, at that time, could not get the revelation that when we leave this planet, we enter his rest. We do not actually die. Ha, not now, Ken. Let's stay of the course. So you can read the whole story in John 11, 1 through 44. Lazarus had to go to sleep in order for God to do something specific. Of course Jesus was in it to win it. But oh, how when we ask questions not related to the scene of God, we can get so confused as to what is actually happening in the smack dab. Okay, so enough soft stories. Let's get into why things happen. 
since we still have the why question even today. The point I'm trying to make here is that God moves in the misery of the world to separate himself from our condition and to include himself in our condition. You see, if I did not lack financial resources, I would have no need for faith in my finances. I know we have Christians, and if they are blessed in finances, they will need the faith to expend and or distribute those resources in the will of God and through his purposes. Oh, how difficult it is for most to receive large amounts of money and hold on to it long enough and wait for God to tell them what his intentions are for those resources. Perhaps this is why the camel story was spoken by our Lord, Matthew 19:24. Over 90% of lottery winners go broke. I wonder how many of them are Christians who won, waited to distribute the resources according to the will and purpose of God. I mean, I'm sure it happened where someone went broke for the kingdom of God, right? John G. Lake was a millionaire who gave it all away. Nope, all away, in order to go on a journey to Africa with nothing in his pocket. So see, it can happen. And I'm not saying that everyone is called to go broke for God. Sometimes he stores up well for the next generation. Just look at King David and his son Solomon. But so now back to scripture skipping. I will cruise through Matthew and point out the why. So you can see that all the uncomfortable things we encounter in this life have purpose. And if we align ourselves with his will, the purpose can be that he would heal us, wake us up from a nap, deliver us, set us free from curses, break off the strongholds of sin in our life, provide resources to meet our needs, promote us at work, bring someone else in the blessing by sending them to us to provide for a specific need. Oh, he is always working on our behalf. And how much more could he do so if we lived in it to win it? 2 Corinthians 11, 20, 31. In Matthew 1, 1820, Joseph was placed in a very awkward position in that his wife was with child before they had gotten married. Okay, so imagine coming home and your wife says she is pregnant by the Holy Spirit and not to worry because God did it and not another man. I mean, What? And keep in mind, being pregnant outside of marriage back in those days was a very big life and death deal. And what are the pre-Jerry Springer types who love a good gossip? What shall their relentless stories do to your thoughts in the night? Not sure? Okay, so try an experiment. And go tell the people, not just anyone, but those who you know very well. And tell them that story, right? Okay, so but time would vindicate them and bring about the greatest birth to have ever happened on this earth. God in whom was stated of him in John 1, 1 through 5, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Let's step back half a step. John 1, 1 through 5, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. You see, he born himself in and through his very creation. The why question is answered in this John scripture. It tells us how we lived before we were authentically born again believers. We were in darkness and did not comprehend it. 
So let's go on to Matthew 4:23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Each one of these people needed to be sick and to have a disease in order to be healed, and for many of them to receive the gospel of the kingdom of God. What? Sickness and disease, the pathway to salvation? Yes, in many cases, not all, but in many cases, these nasty things hold the key to salvation. That's why you have to have the Holy Spirit. So when you pray for someone to get healed, by God, they get healed. All right, I'll slow down. Let's get back to Matthew 9, 18, 26. While he spoke these things to them, behold, a ruler came and worshipped him, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. So Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for twelve years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said to herself, If only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that very hour. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the flute players and the noisy crowds wailing, he said to them, Make room, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl arose. And the report of this went out into all the land. Okay, so the story is great in that we see two significant things happening here. One was that somebody had asked for his help and that his daughter went to sleep without permission. But the other, which is equally significant, is a woman who placed her very life at risk in that crazed crowd that was at that very moment rejoicing that the tickets to the show were free. She was sick for 12 years, just for this very moment. Doctors couldn't heal her because it would have taken away the moment of her hemming Jesus in. She was to be sick, so that in that very moment of looking into the face of salvation, she would risk it all to be relieved of the ailment. But unannounced to her, she would also receive her salvation. Now I suppose looking back, she would have said, it was all worth it. Don't we have our example? Philippians 3, 7-11 but what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I might gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. So I will include just a few more so that you can see if you look at your current circumstances, you may find the why examples in the word of God, and move to the purpose of the thing, of the season, of the purpose of even your very life. Luke 7, 12, 17. And when he came near the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and a large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came and touched the open coffin, 
and those who carried him stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, rise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. Then fear came upon all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen up among us, and God has visited his people. And this report about him went throughout all Judea and all of the surrounding region. So if we were in a classroom setting, I would ask you to tell me what you see in this story. Perhaps I can take some liberty and share with you what I think you would say. You would point out that she was now a widow and had no means of income. You would also refer to my death door done message, citing that Jesus told her not to weep and that we, and that we really ought to know what this life is about because from one moment to the next, we go to sleep and then we see him as he really is. Death is but a shedding off of the old body. It is a door. But then you would also tell the person sitting next to you, but then you would also tell the person sitting next to you that they should listen to this message because it is a good one. You might also point out in this story that the purpose of the boy going to sleep was that the people would glorify God and preach the testimony of what happened to others, thereby unintentionally preaching the gospel to many in the region. How would you like to go to sleep only to be woke up by Jesus and have the gospel preached because you woke up? And lastly, you would point out that the purpose for the boy going to sleep was that he would wake up in order to wake up the people unto God and to have his part in the spreading of the good news. So in these stories, would any of them say that they would have preferred another outcome other than the one that they got to witness? I'm guessing that no, they would have repeated the process and stopped with the why questions. Enough with the whys of the world. Luke 8, 26, 31. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerardines, which is opposite Galilee. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And when he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house but in the tombs, when he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles. And he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Now a herd of many swine were feeding there on the mountain. So they begged him that he would permit them to enter them. And he permitted them. Then the demons went out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the lake and drowned. Okay, so classroom, what do you see say me? What do you see? That guy had to be demon-possessed to be set free. If he were free... Cut. If he were free, there would be no point to this country story. Wow, you guys just cut it to the chase on that one. But so now I'm not saying in all of this that we are to search out trouble, sickness, disease, poverty, starvations, etc. in order for God to do his thing. Nope. There is enough going on in this life that surely things will come upon you that you, before listening to this message, would have desired not to happen if God gave you the why. But now that you have listened to this message, you are ready to immediately embrace your season and sit under until he lifts you out, to be sick until he heals you, 
to wrestle with that disease until he takes it from you, to penny pitch until the windows of heaven spill out their bounty. Be in it to win it, not why it, and you will see what great and marvelous things the Lord has for you. Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of life to shine through in the people's lives. Find a seat and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.